okay, put the kids to bed, get your earphones in your ear. We're talking dating, marriage, and the marriage bed. Let's get into it. Any leadership that teaches you to depend upon another race is a leadership that will enslave you. Any leadership that teaches you to depend upon another race is a leadership that will enslave you. They gave leadership to our four parents and that leadership made them slaves. Welcome, welcome, brothers and sisters, family, back to another episode of Jacob Seed Podcast, where the diaspora speaks. My name is Yerma Yahoo, and the purpose of this podcast is to get uplifting, encouraging, thought-provoking content out to the African-American community who are a part of the uh, Semitic diaspora. Listen, I want to thank all of you, as always, for tuning in to Jacob Seed Podcast, for subscribing, for liking, for sharing um, all those who have visited the website, jacobseedpodcast.com. Uh, you can you can go there, get the latest episodes of the podcasts, um, uh, any updates about the podcast. You can also go there to uh, buy merchandise as well as uh, the, the link to our YouTube channel, Messianic Hebrew TV. Um, it's also there on the website as well. And also remember, if you want to be a part of the podcast, just call into the podcast uh, voicemail at 901-374-74. Leave your question, leave your comment. Uh, please make it to a minute, uh, to a maximum of one minute. And that question or comment will be played on a episode of Jacob Seed Podcast. Um, so let's take it right into the episode, y'all. I do have um, a special guest with me today. Um, I am commemorating um, our uh, uh, one year anniversary of uh, the first episode of Jacob C podcast. Uh, that's pretty cool. So uh, to celebrate that, not only are we talking about a hot topic, uh, but I also uh, invited back my very first guest, uh, the guest that's easiest for me, the book, because she lives with me and she lays right next to me every night. Uh, my beautiful, beautiful wife. Uh, Teresi, welcome Teresi to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, welcome back, welcome back. Listen, um, Thanks I'm sorry, for me. I had your mic muted, that's my bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, everybody loves, I mean, you get good reactions when you're on episodes, so uh, maybe you need to start coming on a little more often. I don't know. We'll see. Since the, since your bed, since our bedroom is literally on the other side of the wall of the studio, I don't know. Just come on, knock on the door, and be like, "Hey, <laughs> put me on." I'm be sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's all we'll good. See. So, uh, so like again today, we're we're going to be talking about dating briefly, uh, because I, I do have a whole like episode on dating. I think called relationship goals. Mm-hmm. I think uh, both me and you have talked about dating on this platform before. Uh, So just to briefly go over that real quick. And then some of you have talked about uh, the need for what's permissible um, in the marriage bed um, and to go uh, deeper into what sodomy is. So I did a video uh, that's up on YouTube now at the um, Messianic Hebrew TV on YouTube. Go subscribe to that. And it's about um, being an accidental sodomite. So because some people don't know exactly what sodomy is, they just assume... It's only um, 
um, anal sex or um, it has to do with homosexuality or, or lesbianism or things of that nature. Uh, but it's a little bit deeper than that. So we're going to get into that as well. And uh, then hopefully we can uh, we can end this thing and not make it a whole hour because uh, mm, uh, it's real life, man. We just put the kids to bed and uh, we want to go to bed, too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so uh, first up on the list, just about um, dating and what that li- looks like um, in a Hebraic fashion, mm. right? So um, we didn't really see an example in the scriptures of dating outside of um, Songs of Solomon, right? Like a man pursuing a woman. Mm. Um, we do see the parents of the soon-to-be bride and or the soon to be um a husband the bridegroom very instrumental mm-hmm. uh, very involved mm-hmm. in the picking process right. of their son's future wife or their daughter's future husband and yeah. we do see huge a bunch i mean you can just go throughout from genesis all the way through um really all the way through the torah um the pretty much genesis because that's where we see the most family um true interactions in the uh in the Tanakh um and then we see that tradition carried on through the New Testament in Matthew chapter one so we see that the parents are really involved yeah so it's not anything that children do like on their own right right right? yeah um but is that can we do that in the 21st century uh I think we absolutely can so be be hands-on all the way involved in our kids dating romantic life like how does how does that happen without um I mean how does that happen I don't I mean I mean okay so I say it and we'll start with the kids and then obviously some of you who are just grown I mean so this is kind of for the parents and then we'll talk about y'all grown folks who you know out of y'all mom and daddy's house and and, and how do we you know how do how do we keep it how do we keep it lawful so I think, I think it's doable in 21st century, um, even though we live in a Western culture mm-hmm. where that's not, like you don't see that, that's not really accepted. It's like, well, no, you should, you should be free to just go out and fall in love with some strange person and hope it's the one and soulmates and whatnot. Um, but I think the reality is that in Eastern cultures, that still happens. Parents are still very much an instrumental part of their children's, life and their relationships mm-hmm. um and when they come here to live here they still live that way they still hold on to their culture Very true. for us i think the struggle is making that shift from you know well we grew up in a western culture we feel like we don't want to impose something on our kids that doesn't seem quote unquote normal and so i think um <laughs> oh yeah we got sound effects oh, gosh we real real around here now upgrade um, so yeah. and, and it's interesting because that's something we're teaching our daughters now. Like we're, we, they know we're going to be part of that process with them, and it's not like, hey, we're gonna bring somebody completely just strange, a strange man, and you're we're gonna hand right. you over to this person. Um, it's interesting. This morning we were listening to the story of Isaac and how um, Rebecca was brought to him. Yes, his um, his his parents his were very instrumental in his wife pick. That, I mean, they handpicked his wife, right? And so, you know, what we talked about, what I talked about with them was, you know, he trusted his parents to pick someone for him that would be right for him. Um, and so, 
they, <laughs> you know, so we just kind of, I talked to them about like, well, do you think you trust your ABBA and need to find somebody for you that's going to be the right person? They're like, so-so. Uh, uh, and, you know, they're still young. They don't fully right, understand. Right. But I think to, it's just kind of putting that in their mind and making it normal and helping them understand that what we see on TV is not real. So what they sell you on TV is just, you know, butterflies and feelings and just fakeness. And so while we still want them to be excited about what's, what the future holds in terms of, you know, dating and marriage, there's, a still, there's still a reality that you want to be practical mm-hmm. about who you marry. You, if you want it to be someone that your family will get along with because both families are coming, Absolutely. becoming family. Absolutely. So, um, you know, it's just a, a matter of breaking away from the culture of Western life. <laughs> so it, that's what makes it weird because it's not common. Not at all. But it, I think it's very doable. It's, it, you just have to teach them right. young. So it's not common because it's not a part of this Western culture. But as a Hebrew, we're not a part of this Western culture, nor should we be. So our yeah, we try not to. Be. Our scriptures tell us that no matter where we are, whether that's Babylon, the actual Babylon, whether that's Greece, whether that's Rome, whether it's the United States, like your job, no matter where you are, is to be separate and set apart. Like you keep your culture. And I guess the problem with us is that we, we lost that. And it was predicted. Uh, Deuteronomy, what is that, 32, I believe, somewhere in there. It talks about how we're, we're going to forget who we are because our, our, our ancestors, just like us, were stiff-necked and disobedient. Um, so for, unfortunately, our culture was literally beat out of us and forgotten. Um, and now we just allow our children to just date whomever, um, for the most part. And we're just, and when I say that, I don't mean like any hoodlum that comes, like parents may, may not accept the guy, but they don't feel like there's anything that they can do to stop their daughter from dating this wrong, who they feel is a wrong guy or their son from dating who they feel is a wrong woman. Um, so that's why you have to chain your children up early and that's what we're doing they already know mommy and daddy are going to be very involved in your romantic life as far as who your mate will be yeah because uh, we want to make sure and, and i mean even in this walk i mean it's it's few and far in between if you can find a brother um who and i'm just saying a brother because i mean i have all daughters so um who's really serious about the most high and serious about building a hebraic family who's not going to um you know who really just loves the most high and and desires to to have uh have his spirit inside of him mm-hmm. and to raise a family um in a righteous a righteous way yeah and who will really love our daughter so there of course there's a lot of stuff out there uh, personally i don't want my daughter marrying no man who's trying to have multiple wives and we'll get in that right. later yeah. um and there's, there's a different preference you'll have as a parent. And we, we see that with um, when uh, Abraham was looking for mm-hmm. Isaacs. Mm-hmm. Like he was like, hey, he gave, he gave, he gave Eleazar a, um, is Eleazar, am I saying that right? I think it was. I don't think Whoever his servant. maid servant, his, his, his man servant was, yeah. he gave them a list. That don't go here. Mm-hmm. Go right. over here from this tribe and go to this town and if she looks good to you i trust you and my son trusts me so give her these give her these uh bracelets and <laughs> right. you know 
I mean, you can read the story for yourself, but in a nutshell, that's what it is. Um, so that's kind of what we've been talking about with our kids, even at a young age. Like, they even know, I'll ask them every now and again, who's going to pick your husband? Uh, Abba's going to pick, that's right. Abba's picking your husband. And, and again, it may sound weird, I understand, to the, to the Western mind, but that's how our ancestors did it. So I think we've become so Westernized that even our culture sounds weird to us. Right. And right. some of us are such super brews until it's time to be a brew. So <laughs> like the, the saying goes, and I'll use uh, um, kind words, everybody want to be a Hebrew until it's time to do Hebrew stuff. <laughs> right. So, But uh, one thing I do want to add, so, <clears throat> excuse me, in being part of that process with our children, mm-hmm. it's not really us imposing, well, here, this is what we think would be a good match for you. This is who we think you should marry. There, The goal is for them to also be involved. I think because we are still very much Western, personally, I don't want to impose and say, hey, we picked you a guy and this is it. Like understanding, right, right, right. you know, your daughters, what they like and their personality and finding Helping them find someone who's right, going to right. It's not going, it's help not going them to be flourish right. into who they they should be, and also I think what's why it's, the reason it's important for parents to be involved in that is that we have a lot more wisdom than they do. When when we're young, when we were younger, and with them too, you're pretty much led by your emotions and your feelings. Mm-hmm. You don't have the your brain is not fully developed enough to make critical, smart, long term decisions, and something like that is very major. And so to have, you know, your elders be part of that process and counsel you in it, it's it's crucial. And and I, and although yeah, there's like premarital counseling out there for people who want to get married. I I don't know. I don't think it's it's better to have your family involved in that process. They Absolutely. know you best. They know what's best for you. And especially if they're walking in the way, they can provide um, proper counsel in that process. Like we you, we can't trust a 20 year old to just make a decision for themselves. And some are more mature than others. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not making a blanket statement, right? But if uh, I'm looking we at 22, which I, I do not dumb, advise that time. to anybody. Right. <laughs> exactly. You wouldn't encourage anybody to do that. Just be a 22 year old and just randomly being like, yeah, I want to get married. You right. know, you and ours wasn't random. Now we, it wasn't we, random. But my point is, <laughs> you need wise counsel of people who know you well, who are able to say, hey, you might want to watch out for this. This might right. not be a good idea. Take a little bit longer time. And so, yeah. Yeah. So um, I will say that uh, that that my wife's uh, father was very, um, I would say, instrumental in our marriage. So he did not find me and pick me um, like a traditional United States deal. My wife came home um, to her parents and I took the trip with her. And uh, my wife's deal was that she was going to show up one day home just because she was rebellious at the time. And she was going to be like, hey, here's my husband, guys. <laughs> uh, and I was like, hex to the now. <laughs> like my family's very traditional and they would whoop my tail if they knew that I just went off and got married to some to some woman and did not ask her father for her hand in marriage. That's just what we do. We just old-fashioned like that. So I go up to mm. Boston and, you know, ask um, ask her, her father for her hand in marriage, and he said yes uh, without even knowing me. But the thing was, the, the uh, what is the word I'm looking for? The trade-off was you can marry my daughter, 
but I got to do y'all marriage counseling because I don't know you. Right. And I'm going to get to know you through this counseling because I'm about to ask a whole bunch of questions. And you better have the right answers mm-hmm. or that yes going to turn into a no. <laughs> yeah, I think we were home for about a week or so. Uh-huh. And he made sure to real the mess out of me. Have our counseling done within that week. Mhm. Ask some very uh you very know, some hard questions. Kind of, you know, I don't want to say make me squirm, but I'm like, but now but back then I didn't get it, but now having three daughters, I'm like, I completely understand. Yeah. Cuz whoever they bring, whoever we choose, even do we choose for them, um, who we agree on together with our daughters, they're going to go through them, that same litmus test. And it's not just about just uh, some strange person you like. You have to develop a relationship with um, right. other families mm-hmm. that have, um, uh, if you have daughters, they have sons. If you have sons, they have daughters. Um, and that's that's kind of how you had to do that. So transitioning from, okay, parents and how um, they treat the dating to your grown Mm-hmm. Okay, you're you ain't got no kids yet. You're whether you're between the age of nineteen and twenty five, or you're in the a, between the age of of thirty and beyond, and you're looking for that mate. Um, what does it look like in the Hebraic sense to date? Uh, for me, I think for the younger ages, it's better to have that kind of group friendship. Um, kind of have that friend, and you guys kind of hang out in a group to better get to know each other. I think because being friends first allow you to see that the person in the raw, mm-hmm. like the real person. Yeah. I believe if you just jump into a dating situation, a relationship, people have so many layers that they try to hide. Right. But I think if you are authentic, authentically friends first, um, especially while you're dating in a group, um, you see their flaws, they see your flaws, and nobody's, I mean, you're Adam and Eve out there, you just in the sense that you're naked at like Adam and not naked, like fit, like real naked, but right. like everything is hanging out there. Yeah. Um, usually friends just let it hang out there. This is me. And um, I think that's a better situation if you're in that like 1925 mm, yeah. ish range. Um, yeah, no, I, I would agree. I think in any range, at any age uh, level, friendship should be the big, the, foundation right but i'm saying like the younger age like friendship yeah. specifically with not like oh we friends and we hanging out and we're at i'm at his house at 12 o'clock at night playing xbox not like no mm-hmm. like we're when we see each other we're friends but it's a group setting at a young age because y'all yeah. i mean be honest your hormones are raging i don't need to be alone with each other <laughs> you know unless somebody's driving somebody back home or y'all yeah. driving to the taco bell or something like y'all don't need to be under the same roof together at any time, day or night, in my opinion, with, with nobody right. there. That just, you're opening yourself up to just unlawfulness, to fornication. Yeah. Um, and we know that that's not in step with our scriptures. Um, and that's something we're st- even teaching our daughters now. Um, and, and there's no shame in this, but uh, because uh, all honesty, me and my wife were not virgins when we came together, um, nor did we uh, practice abstinence when we were together. Right. Um, which we we're very honest with our children about because that's not something that we're proud of. But at the same time, we're teaching our daughters, hey, your virginity is important. And not just teach your daughters that teach it. It's not just a conversation for your little girl. It's a conversation for your for your young men, too. Yeah. Like your virginity is a gift that the Most High gave you for your queen, and for your king and for nobody else. Mm-hmm. 
your queen, your king, do not become that until y'all are under that sukkah saying, I do. All right? right. Yep. And no time before that. If any time before that, you are now violating a gift that does not even belong to you. Mm. That was something that was given to you from the most high for someone else. Right. So that's like me giving you a dollar and saying, hey, Reese, goes this dollar, give it to whomever. And you take that dollar and you go buy some jujubes. You want to use it however you want to use it. Mm -hmm. And now that person doesn't get that gift. Like it's not, they, you can never get that dollar back. Yeah. That specific dollar with that serial code on it, with that number, the, the one right, I like, right. you can go out and give them a dollar, but it's not going to be the dollar I gave you. Right. You know, so mm. that they'll, they can never get that gift. They never receive it. Yeah. And that's their gift. And, and it wasn't for you to spend it because it wasn't yours. Right. It was mine yeah. for you to get to somebody else. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what we're teaching our daughters now. So just, just say all to say, if you're young, don't, j j just don't fool yourself. You're not as strong as you <laughs> think you are. Your hormones are stronger than you. Believe that. Man. Yeah, Believe no, that's true. that. Now, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, so uh, the concept of being, you know, friends in a group, I think what to consider also is that if you already know that you're attracted to someone so the thought of being in a group setting with someone mm -hmm. and being friends, yeah, you'll do that. But if in your mind you're like, I like this person, I want them to like me, even if you're in a group setting, you, you won't fully be able to be, I guess, your complete self. Because in your mind, you're still trying to get the person to notice you or to be attracted. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's good to be honest with yourself and with people around you saying, you know, I like this person, or even if you if you want to tell that person directly um, that you like them, yeah, do that. But then seek wise counsel. Whether you have friends who are able to hold you accountable, um, if you have parents who are in the way, or just an elder and and your assembly that you can talk to to help you navigate through that, seek wise counsel. Because um, I think that's that's one way to just kind of help you go through that process without being you know swept away by the waves of western culture which is you know do it on your own try and get get their right. attention and act a certain way it, i don't know because you want to be as authentic as possible um and that's hard to do when you like someone because you naturally just try to position yourself in a way that's presentable acceptable to that person true so yeah. um my two cents and i would say for the older couples mm -hmm. Friendship is still imperative, mm -hmm. but probably not necessarily in the group setting. I mean, if that's your thing, that's fine. But I, don't, I just don't find a lot of 30s and beyonds just like kicking it in a multi-gender group. Some. I mean, yeah, I guess I, mean, the, I, I guess it depends. Do. I mean, maybe your young 30s, maybe uh, like all singles, though. I don't I mean, I don't know. Uh, it's usually like mixed with like some married couples in there, some singles, oh, gotcha. or something like that. Um, so it's more going to look like a one-on-one -on -one deal, but again, um, you're, you're a little bit older, you're a little bit wiser. Um, but I mean, you still got hormones and thoughts and, um, I would just say just for the advice, be friends, be real friends, not friends with benefits, not friends trying to get some, not friends <laughs> trying to get it in, not Netflix and chilling, none of that be like you, this is my sister 
in the most high. This is yeah. my brother in the most high. And I want to respect her in the utmost. I want to respect him in the utmost. So I'm not over her house late. I'm not on the phone super late. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm respecting her boundaries. and mm-hmm. She didn't have to tell me to. I'm not knocking on his door at 9 p.m. I'm not wearing mm-hmm. super tights and uh, I'm not showing up after I get out of the gym and I'm in a tank top or a sports bra or whatever that man t- that right. you know is going to entice him to like just don't do it just don't yeah. do it respect the brother's boundaries respect the sister's boundaries even if they themselves don't voice boundaries you know what the boundaries are according to Torah mm. um, so even if you're not a virgin like this relationship here should you should practice abstinence mm-hmm. um, and if you can't do that then I, you just need to be single um, or y'all just need to, like like Paul says, if y'all can't hold y'all peace, uh, go ahead and just go ahead and get married. Go to the justice of peace, get hitched, and just know that that's yours forever. Like, if you can't keep it, Paul said it's better to marry than to burn. Like, if you can't control yourself. Urges. That's what he says. If you can't control yourself, get hitched. But I, I would not advise that. Right. I would advise a strong friendship um, before marriage. And... Even if you're older, if your parents are alive, like, um, even if they're not in the way, and I'll say this, yes, mm-hmm, I said true. that, even if they're not in the way, you're, you're, if you have wise parents, just because they're old, don't mean they're wise, a lot of old fools out here, I ain't calling nobody's parents a fool, <laughs> just saying, There's a lot of old fools out here, uh, but like, my in-laws are not in the way, but they are extremely wise, um, and I understand uh, the perfect wisdom comes from following Torah. Uh, but then there's a wisdom that you just get through just living. Mm-hmm. I mean, like my father-in-law gave me great advice that I use to this day. Um, so it's, it's not just about the people that in a way, like if somebody has something true. that's true, yeah, no matter who it is, truth mm-hmm. is truth. Right. If it agrees with the scriptures, then take that no matter who it's from. Um, especially if you're older, especially mm-hmm. if, if you're older, cause you're kind of, once you get all young, yes, you need to listen, take wise counsel. Absolutely, everybody does. But I think when you're older, you're, you're more anxious, and you're, mm. you're, you feel your timetable yeah, ticking yeah, down. True. And you and you, and you, I think older people make um, less, although they're older, make less wise decisions in haste to get married or to mm. for this person to like them or whatever. Yeah. Um, and they, you need somebody to hey, slow down, assess the situation. Let's study this person. Mm. Let's really get to know them as a friend. No kissing. Um, no nothing. I'm not over your house. Uh, like if 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 I'm not over your house the next day. For the Hebrew, that's sundown. So if the sun is still up, <laughs> cool. Yeah. Once once that once that sun starts hitting that eastern horizon uh, or that western horizon, brother, you need to go home. Sister, you need to go home. Phone calls need to stop. Because yeah. at that nighttime, that's as they say, that's when the freaks come out. There's just something about nighttime <laughs> that just the, the people change. Even people with the best intentions, yeah, they they, they change, and um, it's not a good place. And that's when you start getting slipping into uh, giving each other nicknames and this, that, and like you don't want to you don't want to flame something up early. That's not meant. Like that's not your boo. That's not your bae. That's not your king. That's not your queen. Uh, that's not my play wife. That's not my play husband. Don't play none of them <laughs> games. Your yeah. friends. Your friends. That's your brother in Christ. That's your sister in Christ until y'all say I do. Okay. So at what point do they make the shift from friendship to 
okay, now it's more than just a friendship. Because I think you have to make that shift. You can't just be friends until like, hey, we're friends and we're going to get married. Oh, yeah, you can't be friends forever. So I think you make that shift or how you make that shift is both people, one person, the male, if, if I'll, I'll say this, if as a female, if a man has uh, called himself a friend mm-hmm. and you want to be more than friends um, and you guys have been hanging out for a while, and I'll say a while like months, mm-hmm. four months, five, well, I'll say six months. Okay. That's a while. And you have true feelings for this man. And he has not shown any kind of interest to you outside of just pure friendship. Then that means you're interested and he's not or he's just playing. Either way, you need to make your intentions known. And you need to tell him, yo, if if you're, um, this is how I feel. If you do not feel that way. And this is where you got to be strong emotionally. Mm-hmm. If you don't feel that way, that's cool. But. We can't be hanging out like we do because um, as a song, we can't be friends. Yeah, I can't sing. I know. But <laughs> just it, we can't be friends because I have I feel something more than that. Yeah. Um, we can still be cool. I ain't saying like don't be friends at all, but our friendship has to take a different. Like we can't be this close no more. Yeah. Just for my own sanity. Um, and for the man, it's the same way. So the man, but it's a little different because usually – I'll say this, if, if a woman is allowing you to, y'all hanging out in y'all clothes for like six months, she like you. If, if, if you can't see that, you're an idiot. Like, ain't no woman about to <laughs> waste her time with no brother for six months and y'all like hanging out all the time. Just for the sake of Just hanging out. Just for the sake of hanging There's no woman on earth that does that. None. I'm, for, with a man, like, no. And if she is, like, she wants to be a man. So that's, <laughs> you need to look into that too. That's weird. But she probably oh likes you, and you as a man have to pick you have to pick up on that. And sometimes we don't we're not good at picking up on on signals. Um, okay. And you yeah. as a man, my opinion, before she even has to say anything, you should be man enough to say, "Hey, I've realized that we've been hanging out a lot. We've been getting close, um, and let your intentions either way be known." Now. Like, I don't want to take this the wrong way, but all I want is a friendship. I don't want anything else. You better say that before and that's six it. months. Yeah, and that's it. <laughs> that is it. Like, yeah. nothing else. And, again, if she's emotionally strong, she'd be like, cool. If she's not, I mean, your friendship would take a hit. But, I mean, friends come and go. Um, mm-hmm. It is what it is. Uh, but if you do yeah. like her, make those intentions known from the jump. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, yeah. we've been friends, like like me and my wife, me and you. So we were hanging out, we were friends, and at some point I was like, listen, I got enough friends. Right. I like you. I want to date you. My intentions mm-hmm. are marriage. Right. If it doesn't happen, I mean, it doesn't happen, but that's my intentions. Yeah. I want a wife, and you're very good wife material. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Clap button. Oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> just kidding. I don't know which one it is. There it is. There we go. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> uh, so I mean, I, I want to date you, and I, so the, so you make your intentions known as a man. Either way, mm-hmm. do yeah. not string a woman along. And how you flip from the friend to actually courting is, you say it. Hey, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you want to be more than friends? Wow. She's either gonna say yes or no. I don't think that's a woman's place um, to ask that question. 
The only reason I made that first yeah. inference is because sometimes men are slow. Um, and you as a woman, th- that wasn't me saying you need to take that step and initiate it. That's me telling you, you need to break the friendship off because right, he's playing games. Yeah. Um, and you know you like him and he ain't made no, no kind of commitment toward this relationship beyond friendship. No verbal commitment. Like right. he hadn't said anything. Right. So and, just and being present hang, doesn't mean he made a commitment. Right. And y'all hanging out like close, close for six months. Like, nah, you need to cut that and move on because like, yeah. he's playing game. He don't want to be nothing more. Um, and it's not, and I'm not saying that we're friendships just to, sometimes you're going to just have the friends that are opposite sex and that's cool. Y'all don't want to ever get married. Y'all don't want to ever do nothing else, but be friends. Right. That's okay. Yeah. But there, you know who you like. Don't be foolish about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's all I got to say about dating. Yeah. So yeah, I don't, yeah. That's all I got. All right. It's been a while, so I ain't got too much to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We ain't been on no dating scene. Shoot. Y'all, we be coming up in, uh, it's 2020, so December 2020 be 12 years. Yeah. Man, 12 years, 12, 12 years. Congrats, Miguel. Yeah, congrats, <laughs> fam. Congrats. Um, so, yeah, we ain't been in a dating scene in a while, but just different things that we've seen with um, people that's around us are still single, uh, things that's worked and things that didn't work. So we're sharing that with you guys. Um, lastly here, we're going to talk about um, just start the just marriage. So you dated, you courted, now you're married. I think the most important the most important thing people say about marriage is communication. I believe that's a lie. Um, any, okay. Yeah. Tell us more. Your communication is not going to be good from between year one and five. It just <laughs> unless you guys have our doctorates in communication and both host radio shows and TV shows, or you're a journalist, both of you, or you're both linguistic experts or something. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like you're not going to know how to talk to each other for, for good, bad, because you don't know each other. Even if you were friends first, you ain't been husband and wife yet. True. You ain't lived under each other's roof, hopefully with one another. <laughs> uh, no mm-hmm. shacking up going on. Excuse me. So it's going to be a rocky road. Just know that. So that's not the most important part about your marriage. The most important part about your marriage is being open, honest, and vulnerable from day one. That so comes to communication, though. It does, but I think openness, honesty, and, 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 and um, vulnerability mm-hmm. are, the, are the, it's like the umbrella. And okay. communication is just something that's underneath that umbrella. Okay. Um, I guess you can communicate without being vulnerable. Cause you can, you, I mean, we can have all kind of conversations yeah, cause people do it all the time. Oh man, we have, I, I thought our marriage was great. And then, you know, husband's living a double life, right, wife living yeah, a double life, yeah. y'all talking and dating and having great conversations and good love making and everything else. Uh, but somebody else is out there with a side chick, with a side dude, mm. you know? Um, so I think honesty openness and you have to let your mate in like they can't know you by osmosis yeah i used your word okay all right uh they can't know you by (laughs) osmosis you have to so this is where the communication part Mm -hmm. comes in you have to communicate and this is what me and my wife have been talking about in concert for i don't know a while now but expectations you have to verbalize those I can't guess what Reese's expectations are. She can't guess what mine are. 
Right. Um, and for me, I'll be honest, I don't, I don't expect much out of people because of, of my past and really my relationship with my father, mm-hmm. just, just being a, having an absent father and being told, yeah, getting on the phone, yeah, son, I'm going to come take you and we're going to go fishing. Yeah, son, I'm going to take you and we're going to do this. And stuff never happened. Right. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to shut myself off mm-hmm. completely. Um, I won't have any expectations from anybody because of the trauma that I have faced. And I'm just going to coast through life in this shell of mine mm-hmm. and nobody's going to know. Yeah. The problem is when you get married, and you're sleeping with somebody, and you're next to them every day, <laughs> guess what? They find out that you're living in a shell, and that you got trauma, mm-hmm. and that you ain't being open, and you ain't being honest, and you're not being vulnerable, mm. and you're not communicating expectations. Is that so? It's hard to hide. Mm-hmm. So it's... it's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, right. No, it's true. Um, I th- So, th- yeah. Those three things are key to any marriage. So... Even if, like you said, if you have a doctorate in communications and whatever all those things are, you can talk a good game. And you can talk a good game and never really talk about anything yep. or get anywhere. Yep. Um, so, you know, and it may take some time. It will take some time to do that. And it's weird because even before you get married, you think that you're getting really close to someone and getting really vulnerable. But something happens once you make that commitment, once you cross that line from engagement to marriage personally i think there's like this automatic there's like these spiritual attacks that just are just ready waiting and part of that is that um the barrier to getting to know your mate you know in a way that's intimate and that uh, that allows you both to actually become one not just Mm. become one in the bed or just by being together all the time but you're one in mind you're working towards the same goals and you know each other and you trust each other. So um, like we talked about this, like we trust each other with just everyday things. But when it comes to, and and I speak for myself too, when it comes to trusting the other person with your most, your innermost, you know, desires, even uh, especially fears or anxieties and insecurities, like that's, real personal to you sometimes you don't realize you're holding on to those things until you spend enough time with that person and you realize that the relationship is coming to a place where it's like plateauing mm-hmm. and it's like well it doesn't feel like we're growing or it doesn't feel like i know you anymore or it feels like i don't know so there's always a process of knowing the person deeper like the process of becoming one doesn't happen the day you say i do right it just happens happens over time and so um I don't know. It's it's weird. It's interesting. It's it it can be a roller coaster. And I think getting to the point of becoming one comes with the you know enduring through the times when you don't feel like you're one. Mm. And so you, that's good when you're struggling in those whatever different seasons. Because we've had seasons where we were just roommates, then <laughs> I was okay with it. Um, yep. But. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, we had to push past that. And, you know, praise the most high. We're getting ready to celebrate 12 years. And when she says roommates, we were literally, our second year of marriage was hell. So that's what we were. We literally did not say a word to one another outside of high and by for 12 months. And which bill got paid. Yes. (laughs) And people think we, that's, people think I'm, I'm talking in hyperbole. I'm telling you, my wife, I'm sitting right here, my witness. We did not say a word. 12 months, except for high and by. No other communication. 
Yeah. We didn't like bad. each other. Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, here we are. <laughs> yeah. I'll praise us the most high. Yeah, but we still <laughs> together. So, you know, <laughs> when, you know, you have those up and downs. And so, you know, thankfully we've never, we haven't gone back to something that terrible. Right. But I think we're also both so traumatized by what happened that year that we're trying to, we've tried to like coast and not step on each other so badly that we regressed to that point. Right. Right. So we're just, you know, Hey, I'm not going to offend you too much. I'm not going to, you know, cross this boundary or I'm going to, pr- you know, protect myself with, you know, by not being vulnerable so that we never have to get to this point again. But, um, I don't know. I think part of it is just being okay with going through these painful growing growth moments. Absolutely. So, Growth moments are key. And they're painful. And they're pain. And they're very painful. But I, I would say that any advice to new married couples, you have to be open. You have to be honest. You have to be vulnerable. You have to be um, open enough. Um, you have to be. You have to open up enough to allow somebody in, into your secret, sh- into your space. Like you're, sh- you're two people sharing a space now. You have to be honest about your expectations for that person. So I think. Th- I think. The biggest uh, hurdle for marriages is is failed expectations. Mm-hmm. That's the number one reason for divorce. People want to say finance and unreconcilable differences. No, you expected this person to be something, to do something, and they never did it. And now you're crushed. Mm. Uh, but you also never verbalized any of that. Right. Um, and then third is, you know, what I say, openness, um, expect uh, openness, um, expectations honesty. and honesty. Yeah. So you have you have to be honest with yourself right. and honest with the other person. Okay, this is where I am in life right now. This is what I can do for you. You know, um, be honest with yourself about where you're at, and, and don't try to be super wife. Don't try to be super husband. Mm. Like, be who you are in that moment, in yeah. that time. If you're not mature enough, man, to take care of the finances, humble yourself and let your wife do it. Um, woman, if you're not, you know, mature enough to take care of the finances yourself, humble yourself, let your husband do it. Yes. 2020. And yes, you know, women, this women, that, but listen, if you're not in a place where you can put your hands on stuff like the Proverbs 31 woman (laughs) and everything she touches is gold, Mm. step back a little bit. All right. Man, if, if you're not walking around here with the wisdom of Solomon, and the strength of, of uh, the strength and the, and the veracity of David, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Step back a little bit. You know what I'm saying? You, you're, not, you're not who you really think you are. Be honest mm. with yourself. Yeah. And then uh, me and my wife just went through a, um, uh, we did a fast with our assembly, um, 40 in two days. They keep saying 40. I'm like, no, I remind y'all, it was two days in there too. 40 Don't forget days. about them two days. But, uh, <laughs> Um, as we went through it, me and my wife realized like, yo, we ain't as, we ain't as cold as we thought we was. Like we ain't, I mean, I'm walking around here thinking I'm like, you know, I'm David with his mighty men. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And I'm really not. Right. I'm I'm more like Popeye before he eats the spinach, you know? Mm. And, uh, yeah, just be honest with yourself. Yeah. Um, anything else on this topic? No, um, just be ready for the roller coaster. And uh, oh, like I said, the same theme of having wise counsel, 
have be vulnerable enough or okay enough to have someone that you trust or a couple that you trust that you can, you know, do marriage with, like in, in the sense of learning from them and they can, people can, we, we don't have to do marriage alone. Right. Is what I'm saying. Like, just like you need someone to guide you through dating and whatnot. You need someone to guide you through marriage. Cause we don't know. <laughs> Absolutely don't know. Yeah. Um, so we save the best for last. Um, yeah. Uh, we are getting pressed for time here. Uh, like I said, we got real lives, real jobs. Um, one day this will hopefully be my permanent job, but until then, I have a do have a bedtime because I get up, gotta get up. Um, I was we're gonna talk about multiple wives, but I'm not gonna spend a bunch of time on that just because. I mean, if y'all follow me on Instagram or talk to me through DMs, y'all understand what I, how I feel about that. Like I just I do not agree. Um, I'm not going to pretend like it was not a part of the culture mm-hmm. uh, because it was but at the same time um, I don't see any biblical reference to where anybody did it in the right way um, so you can go find these chapters or these scriptures number one um, in Exodus twenty one ten, Moses says that when um, a, a husband gets a wife and then gets another wife for his first wife Whatever he was doing, he cannot diminish it. Mm. So your love, your devotion, your time, your money, uh, your body, you cannot diminish any of that just because you got another wife. Mm. And guess what I call that? Impossible to do. (laughs) And you can't tell me. Listen, and maybe my kids will grow up one day and listen to this podcast. I just want to say I love all of you. But you love, you even love your kids differently. Mm. And most people don't want to say it, but yeah, all y'all out there got a favorite one. If you got more <laughs> than one kid, there's one kid that you just rock with more that fits your personality and fits your temperament more than the other ones. Yeah. All right. So th- yeah. we have a kid that's literally <laughs> just like my wife and they are, they're ace coon boons. And I got a kid that's literally just like me. We're ace coon boons. So... It is what it is. You can't <laughs> do it. That's Torah. That's law. That's in y'all law that you that that you know that we want to hold up so much. That's in your six thirteen. You cannot diminish the love. The mo- you can't do any of that. Mm. You gotta you gotta keep it one hundred with her. It's like you can't. You want to do that with two, three, four, five women? Ooh, I mean, more you know, power to you, homie. More power to you. Um, Deuteronomy. Uh, 1717 says that kings should not uh, have multiple wives. So everybody want to point to David and Solomon. Hey, they were in sin. That's again, Torah. You Mm. as a king should not have multiple wives. Says you should not amass a bunch of horses and gold. And uh, it goes on to talk about because all that stuff will drive you further away from the most high. Your job as king is to write the law and recite the law to the people Mm -hmm. every day. That's your only job as king. That was their only job. They was doing all kind of extra stuff. Yeah. Folks out here trying to be king. Everybody out here trying to be a king. Man. And then they're all king. They're king. Are you king? You king. Okay, keep one wife then. King. First Timothy 3 2 yep. and First Timothy 3 12. These are the qualifications in your Brit Hadashah for, for us who believe in the New Testament. Uh, and these are the qualifications for leaders. And Paul tells Timothy, 
And when you go out and pick a leader, make sure that your overseer, your elder, your pastor, your moray, your mm-hmm. captain, your bishop. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they got to do? Have one wife. Uh-oh. Uh, make sure your deacon. Guess what he got to do? Have one wife. Hmm. hmm. So if you want to be a leader um, in your in your assembly, guess what you can't have? Multiple wives. Right. So we got some leaders of assemblies out here. We got folks with multiple wives, and they call themselves pastor, bishop, captain, whomever. You got mo- that's that's yeah. not in step with the scriptures. And I'm also a person who believes in the law of first first mention, Genesis two twenty one. Most High laid Adam down, and he took one rib. How many ribs? A one. Two. A one. Three. Uno. One rib, and he snatched Kuwa out of his one rib, and he had one wife. So that tells me that the Most High's very first intention for marriage is for one man to be married to one woman. Point blank, period. Don't at me. Moving on. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) The marriage bed. All right, so this is going to be interesting. Uh, I don't know if it's interesting, but whatever. Call me quick. Uh, so let's go to, uh, Hebrews 13, four, you guys have your, uh, Bibles. Um, I'm about to read it here for you anyway, Hebrews 13, four, and this is something that's taken erroneously out of context every time it's read, but, uh, Hebrews 13, four says marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers and uh, God will judge. So that's the King James Version. Go to another version. It says, marriage is honorable in every respect, and in particular, sex within marriage is pure, but God indeed will punish fornicators and adulterers. So when they're saying the bed is undefiled, it is saying that your sex that you're having with your mate in the marriage bed should be pure. So that means you can't be fornicating sex before marriage. You cannot be adulterers. So that's sex with somebody else while you're married. So that includes cheating, Mm -hmm. side chicks, side dudes, whether your wife or husband approves of it or not. Hmm. Um, Threesomes, foursomes, um, swinging, any of that stuff. Right. Not lawful. One man with one woman. Your the, the sex within marriage has to be pure. And to make it plain, let's look up the definition of pure. All right. Okay. So pure is free from anything of a different, free from anything of a different, inferior, or contaminating kind. All right. So you you're it's it's perfect in the eyes of the most high. Um, unmodified by adding mixture, sample, or is homogeneous. So it's not mixed with anything. Hmm. So you ain't adding nothing in there. Not people, not animals. Um, nothing weird. Nothing weird. Mm-hmm. I'll, even, I, I'll even put in there not even, not even toys. Like you're not putting anything in there. You're not mixing sex with nothing. Hmm. Um free from foreign or in, inappropriate elements. 
Mm. Mm. So if it's, uh, and I guess I have to put the, um, uh, the parental guidance thing on this one. But right. men, if it's not your penis, it shouldn't be inside your wife. Wife, mm. if it's not your vagina, he shouldn't be sticking his penis in it. <laughs> All right? Because I know yeah. people do like they enjoy toys. And they enjoy, and that's, you know, that's the culture that we're in. And it says it's okay. Yeah. That's definitely westernized culture. Yeah. Eastern, uh, Eastern Hebrew and Afro-Asiatic would not even be able to compute any of this stuff. I mean, if you brought this stuff to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob... If you brought this stuff to Paul and like, they'd be like, man, what the heck are y'all doing? Like y'all look like the Babylonians. Y'all look like the Greeks. Y'all yeah. look like the Romans. Y'all don't look like Yahudim. Mm. Who are y'all? Y'all want to say y'all father is Jacob. Jacob wouldn't approve of this. Like y'all looking, Jacob would look at y'all and be like, dang, y'all look like y'all looking real Egypt right about now. Mm. Like that's what the other nations did. I'm not saying they don't have a reference point for it. Because we obviously see it even even as far back as Genesis where Abraham had to go get his his, his nephew Lot out of Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm-hmm. And guess what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah? It doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> the Most High burnt that joker to the ground because they was doing weird stuff, man, sexually. Yeah. It wasn't that they were, they were sexually impure and that city got burnt to the ground. Mm. A whole city. A whole city. So that should tell you how serious the most high takes sexual purity yeah uh, it says abstract it says without any um uh, uh um a discordant a quality clear it's true it's absolute um all these definite free without guilt you should be able to have sex free without guilt independence of sense or experience um all these different things so mm. the marriage bed should be what is the term here? Sex within marriage is should be pure. Period. No, you shouldn't. Yeah. Did, the only thing that should be in that bed is you and your wife. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It. This is an interesting topic. And I think the reason it's kind of difficult for a lot of people to process it and be like, so you mean just plain boring. Sex, I guess. Uh, and I don't know what's born. Even if you're so, doing it missionary, whatever, uh, does that not make it feel good? And if it <laughs> doesn't, because it feels good to me, if it doesn't, that tells more of your heart and your attachment to the wickedness of this system of Babylon. Yikes. It, 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 it reveals more about you than it does about the way the Most High wants us to live. And we're yeah. not supposed to look like them. Yeah, and I think it, it's just having to really I don't know I think it's a process for people to detach themselves from Babylon we don't realize how much Babylon is in us until we have to separate from it because some things that we've normalized it's it's just what you grew up in we it's on TV it's all day long it's It's on your NBC ABC CBS Fox on your regular you ain't gotta have cable no more and for it's on your commercials majority of people men and women they've seen porn yes and some are still addicted to it and want to hide it don't hide it quit talking about your stuff in past tense you got a problem right now and and you then that's another false expectation 
Now you have to bring in weird stuff and do weird stuff because now since you have been addicted to pornography, you've turned, you want your wife to perform like the porn star. You want your husband to perform like the porn star. They're, that's not real. And it's just like right. a drug. And I, I say this because I've, I've, I have, I still deal with that till this day. So it's, you're, you're still chasing that first high when I was 13 years old and touched myself watching pornography. It's never going to happen again. And my wife cannot be that porn star. I can't, and I'm Ain't not. She's it. not addicted to porn, but if she was, I can't be that porn star for right. her. You can't. You can't do it. You yeah. can't. You can't have sex that long, that many times, in those kind of <laughs> positions because people just don't want to do. That's not normal. It's not real. Right. But I think so. Definitely that. But I think the, my point is the fact that after you've seen these images, you're mind is now just tainted yes so although you may although you may not have those expectations of what you see your you your mind is not pure anymore right so you're exactly i don't know it's strange but but it affects you some kind of way so either you're thinking that these things are normal or um yeah i don't know i guess you you just think it's normal so you don't realize that what you want to do now in your real life is not pleasing to the most high. And you don't realize that what you do in the bed has to be holy unto the most high, but we are supposed to be holy in every area of our lives, whether we realize it or not. And so, um, I I think this area, particularly, especially for those of us who are learning what it means to be pure in marriage at this point in life, after you've experienced something different, you have to take, I guess, steps to step away from those things, um, repent, mourn. Like <laughs> yeah. it is a process. Like because now you feel like, bro, I have to let go of this too. Yep. Like, does it ever end? How much I have to shed away? No, I don't think it does. No, un- until <laughs> until you are righteous before Him, and we are so far from righteousness, it's not even funny. So, yeah. I would say to the to the brother to the sister who is dealing with pornography. And I'll put this out there. If you are serious, and I mean serious, about shedding that, that, that uh, addiction. And, um, yeah, if you're serious about shedding that addiction, I'll say this. What our ancestors did, and again, everybody want to be a brew till it's time to do brew stuff. When our ancestors were serious about a thing, they made oaths and covenants. And the understanding about... Uh, Far Eastern oaths and covenants, and you can read it in, in, in the Torah. When you make an oath to the Most High, He abides by that forever. And if you go back on that oath, that's your life. If you go back on that covenant, it don't, it's not good for you. Look at us now. We went back on a covenant. Look how it ended up did it's not going well for us. Mm. So if you're serious about shedding that addiction. I would say make an oath to the most high start and start small. Don't be going out. I'm going to never do this. No, don't do that to yourself. You're setting yourself (laughs) up for a quick death. Most high for a week. I make this oath and promise you that I will not look at any any pornographic material. Period. I won't do it. And, and, and let me tell you, it ain't easy. Because once you make that oath, guess who else hears that oath? Hasatan. 
And guess who's ready to come to court and accuse you of breaking that oath if you break it? Hasatan. So he going to fight tooth and nail to make sure you break it. And then everything going to come out the woodwork. Mm. Um, yo, you need to get rid of all the subscription service, all, everything. Whatever you got, get rid of it. And even even if you're single, that's 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 when she going to come knocking on the door. That's when he going to come knocking on the door. That's maybe you don't go to the gym that week. Like, don't put yourself in situations where you're going to be vulnerable and weak. Make that oath. Um, I hope that you, if you're serious about it, you abide for that oath because not that's that's your life. That's not going to be good for you if you don't. Because um, honestly, that's mm-hmm. what I did. So um, I made an oath from, I think it was from like unleavened bread to like Shavuot. I was like, yo, mm-hmm. not doing it. And then after that oath, it's I feel like, the, the, I feel like the warfare was stronger after Shavuot. Mm-hmm. It was like, yo, I'm free. I could do whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. now the oath is like, I've, I've done my it's commitment. Been lifted. <laughs> uh, and this, and it, I, I feel like I regressed way back. Mm. So then I was like, okay, well, I'm going to make another oath. Well, really, I was praying and the most high, I was like, well, you serious? You make another oath. I was like, oh. <laughs> Oh, man. And this is maybe about August. What does it mean? September now? Mm-hmm. So this is like mid-August, late August. It's like, yo, if you serious about breaking this thing, how about you make an oath that you ain't going to do nothing to the You make an oath to me that you ain't going to look at nothing from now until the end of Sukkot. I'm like, God, dog, that's like <laughs> three months. Shoot. I ain't no three months. Well, it was like two and a half months. <laughs> man, that's an eternity when you're struggling with something. Mm, yeah, that's like telling the that's like slapping a, a pipe out of a crackhead's hand and be like, "Don't touch another pipe for two months." Yeah. Um, but I was like, so I struggled with a little bit, but that struggle showed me how attached I am mm-hmm. to that thing and not to him. Mm. I was like, man, I want to be attached to him. Yeah. Nothing else. I was like, cool. I made the oath. Mm. ain't looked at nothing ain't done nothing because i'm i believe the scriptures and i don't want my children growing up without a father and i want my wife being a single mother so (laughs) i believe the scriptures. so if you're serious son that's why i say make the oath uh don't bring the weird stuff in your bed don't have sex and be looking at pornography don't bring toys don't and then we're about to get in this real quick and it would be done um, and that's Hebrews thirteen four. So let's look at First um, Corinthians six nine. So First Corinthians chapter six, verse nine. It's interesting because the King James says, "Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor adulterers, um, nor adulterers, nor effeminate." And we'll get into effeminate, maybe another episode. Nor abusers of themselves of mankind will not enter the kingdom of heaven. So the key thing is here, this this phrase, abusers of themselves with mankind. We see that a lot. We see that twice in the King James. That's also in 1 Timothy 1.10. So what are they saying? Sometimes you have to let go of that King James. Yeah, I know. I know it's hard. But in order to get a, a right perspective and a clear perspective, Sometimes other translations just say it better. So I'm looking at the, um, what is it? The new revised standard version. And it says, 
Do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, male prostitutes, sodomites. That's the word there. Mm. Sodomites. Abusers with mankind is synonymous with sodomites. If you don't like the fact that I switched from the King James, you can go look it up in the Greek. Where it says abusers of one kind, pull up your blue letter Bible. It will tell you it's talking about sodomites. So what is sodomy? Look up sodomy. Can look it up for you. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Gonna look up sodomy. Sodomy. Anal or oral composition with the member of the opposite sex. Compulation with the member of the same sex and bestiality. So it's three things, four things, I guess. Anal sex, oral sex with the member of the opposite sex, so between man and woman, and compulation, which means um, uh, uh, mutual sex with a member of the same sex. So we're not just talking about man and man. Oh, let's talk about homosexuality. Oh, I love watching two women. No. <laughs> homosexuality, lesbianism, transgenderism, all the alphabet people. Right. That's that's not. And if you feel some kind of way about that. Oh, well, that does not line up with my culture and my scriptures. All right. So we can talk about tolerance and all other stuff on right. another episode. But and also so people see that homosexuality is straight mm-hmm. where they go to. It also means no bestiality. One, which I don't think most people listen to this podcast. Any of that. I hope not. But Here's what some of y'all may be into. Anal and oral sex. Put your face. Mm-hmm in the reproductive area of your mate and letting letting your mate (laughs) put his penis in your anus. It's not in step with the scriptures. You will not inherit the kingdom of God. Why is that important? If you look at the scripture, the kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven are two totally different things. Um, You go to YouTube, not right now, but I'm coming out with a video to discuss both of them in, in length. But the kingdom of heaven is something that has not come yet. It's coming, but not coming yet. That's why the most high, or not the most high, but Yahshua said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Why? Because for those who do not repent, the kingdom of heaven will be torture. For those who do repent, which means turns back to Torah, it will be a place of joy, peace, happiness, no sorrow, mm-hmm. no tears, no pain, all that good stuff. Um, as John uh, predicted in Revelations. Uh, but the kingdom of God, as Luke says, as Yeshua said in Luke, is inside of you. So that's pointing to the Holy Spirit. It's already here. Mm. You cannot get the Holy Spirit. You cannot have the Spirit if you are a sodomite. If your marriage bed is not pure, if you're having anal sex, if you're having oral sex, if you are uh, practice homosexuality or bestiality, you can't have it. Why is it key? Because you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven that's coming down to earth. You cannot tabernacle with the Most High and the Son if you do not have his Spirit within you. Mm. The kingdom of God is the key to getting into the kingdom of heaven. And you cannot have the kingdom of God if your marriage bed is defiled, if your sex in the bed is unpure. I don't know how more plain I can make that. Yeah. I don't think there's any more need for questions or DMs and that stuff. If you're practicing anything that involves something other than your mate's sexual reproductive system, or you're adding anything or anyone in your bed, if you're practicing anal, if you're practicing oral, if you're practicing homosexuality, if you're practicing bestiality, you cannot have the Holy Spirit. You're void of it. 
Thus, you cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. You will not be his. Mm. Yeah, that's. I don't know what else to say. The only thing I would say is, you know, all I can think of is how we're called to be holy as he is holy. Set apart. So. Got to look different. If we have, if we're to be holy, righteous, which is pure, without blemish, is what you're doing, is it pleasing to, yeah. Is it? Right. So now it's more than just what's pleasing to you. You're not for your, it's not for yourself. You're living for him. Is that pleasing to him? So once we start being able to make that shift in our mind, which is, which is hard, it's hard. Um, um, but <laughs> which is difficult. So childish. I am. Uh, <laughs> once you make that shift in your mind, then you can start to make those changes in your life. Um, as difficult as they might be, once his will becomes supersedes your desires, then it, it just makes it a little easier. Um, and you're then able to look back, you know, months from now and say, Praise you. I'm I'm getting closer, one step closer to being holy. And that was this part is one of those areas of life that we don't think of as needing to be addressed mm-hmm. in our walk to being holy. So yeah, that's tough. It's a good word, no. Um, yeah, I mean I ain't I ain't got nothing else to say. Um <clears throat> this has been a kind of a I wouldn't say hard episode, but talked about some difficult stuff (laughs) yeah we talked about some difficult stuff yeah um you know but that's i mean that's 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 how we rock here on uh jacob c podcast everything's not going to be you know happy and rosy some things are you know going to be hard to talk about um but we have to be okay with that because the scriptures are real um and this hebrew life is real yeah um so i want to thank everybody who's continued to listen obviously uh i want to thank my beautiful wife for guest hosting this um I know sometimes this this makes her uncomfortable talking about these things, so this is huge for her even coming on the show talking about this specific topic. Uh, I want to thank everybody <laughs> who's been rocking forward with with me for this whole fifty two plus episodes, so a whole year. My goodness, a year. Um, it's crazy. I'm happy, and I and we're, we want to take Jacob C podcast to the to the next heights, having more people, more interviews, more interaction, um, sharing more on. Just the, the bright spot of, of those in the Hebrew culture who are just killing it out there. Um, and bring also bringing some people that, that may not be in the way, but, but they're, they're African-Americans. They're, uh, they're Hebrews and just don't know it yet, but they're still killing it. So we can bring them on the show and, mm-hmm. um, you know, we can share the gospel with them as well. So that's yeah. awesome. Um, well, we up out of here. So as always, <laughs> uh, keep a 98 plus two. Share the truth. Live it out. Inform others. Shalom, brothers and sisters. Shalom.